Well, it's springtime in the Rockies, as I record this particular thought, which means that we're living through that wonderful tension between just yesterday, I said to the boys driving to school, hey, look, there's the first daffodils we've seen come up, but next Tuesday it's supposed to snow again. So this tension between what is to come and what has been and where we're going and the heat coming and then the cold, well, it reminds me so much of many of the tensions that we feel within our experience of Jesus. And just this morning, I had a wonderful call with one of my old friends, and we were talking about a different tension, that tension between feeling the passing of time, getting older, but also recognizing that there's sort of an ever-present youthfulness to our pursuit of Jesus. The fact that today is always the now of eternity, even as we're completely aware that the years are passing and that life is fragile. Well, my strange sort of somewhat connected, disconnected mind, uh, after I got off that phone call, I was thinking of a moment from Homer's Iliad. There's this moment in the midst of the Trojan War where one of the fighters on the Trojan side his name is Glaucus, ends up in the middle of the lines, in the middle of combat, opposite a man named Diomedes. And sort of the gauntlet is thrown down and they're about to fight. But then this conversation happens between the two of them where Diomedes basically asks Glaucus, who are you? Where do you come from? Who is your father? Sort of thing. And Glaucus speaks this beautiful expression to that first piece of my tension today, that sort of fleetingness of time, sort of the springtime in Colorado feel. And this is what he says. Like the generation of leaves, the lives of mortal men. Now the wind scatters the old leaves across the earth. Now the living timber bursts with the new buds and spring comes round again. And so with men, as one generation comes to life, another dies away. So Glaucus is pointing at this fact that as much as we think we are the center of the universe and that everything pivots around these lives that we're living, no, next thing you know, it's a new spring. And like he says, so with men, as one generation comes to life, another dies away. Well, then Glaucus launches into this beautiful description of both his father and his grandfather. And it turns out that Diomedes, his father and actually his grandfather and, and uh, Glaucus's grandfather, they knew each other. They were friends. And Well, anyways, as Glaucus goes through, he ends by saying this of the day that he left from Lycia, from Corinth, where he came from. Listen, he says, but Hippolochus fathered me, I'm proud to say. He sent me off to Troy and I hear his urgings ringing in my ears. Always be the best, my boy, the bravest, and hold your head up high above the others. Never disgrace the generation of your fathers. They were the bravest champions born in Corinth, in Lycia far and wide. There you have my lineage. That is the blood I claim, my royal birth. I love that, again, tension between Glaucus's sense that it's also fleeting, it's flying by, but I also love that he points to the royal blood in his veins, the way that he was sent off with those words, always be the best, my boy, the bravest. Hold your head up high above the others. Well, I shared yesterday, if you happen to catch that particular thought, 
from 1 Peter 1, and I have been in that hinge point between the book of James and 1 Peter. Later on, as you know, in the New Testament, I have been kind of living in that space the last few weeks and loving, again, the tension between James, who's really getting your feet on the ground, being real about life, and Peter, who's really elevating our gaze and saying, we are totally different kinds of people. So kind of like what Glaucus said to begin with about the generation of leaves, the lives of mortal men, perhaps you remember this from James 4. James, the brother of Jesus, writes, just a moment now, you who say, we are going to such and such a city today or tomorrow. We shall stay there a year doing business and make a profit. How do you know what will happen even tomorrow? What, after all, is your life? It is like a puff of smoke, visible for a little while and then dissolving into thin air. Your remarks should be prefaced with, if it is the Lord's will, we shall still be alive and will do so and so. As it is, you get a certain pride in yourself in planning your future with such confidence. That sort of pride is all wrong. Friends, I love at times to set my feet down upon that reality. To say to myself, how much am I trying to live into the future when all that's available to me is my memory of the past and my experience of the present? And how much is my forward-moving planning taking the place of actually being completely alive today? Because really, my life, your life, it is just a puff of smoke in the scope of eternity. It's, it's moving so quickly. We, like the generation of leaves, have these lives, mortal men. But then we turn the corner, the hinge point into 1 Peter 2. And I want to remind you that this too is who you are. Peter writes, But you are God's chosen generation, his royal priesthood, his holy nation, his peculiar people. All the old titles of God's people now belong to you. It is for you now to demonstrate the goodness of him who has called you out of darkness into his amazing light. In the past, you were not a people at all. Now, you are the people of God. In the past, you had no experience of his mercy, but now, it is intimately yours. My friends, even though we are like a puff of smoke visible for a little while and then dissolving into thin air, well, this puff of smoke you and me, we are God's chosen generation. We are the royal priesthood for this day of the entirety of the human journey. We, disparate though we are over the earth, are a holy nation. We are the body of Christ. I love that last. We are a peculiar people. We're different. We're not like everyone else. We are the ones who have been told to head, hold our head up high above the others in him. So friends, the beautiful, glorious tension of springtime, that glorious tension of the fact that our lives are fleeting and yet royal, I would say let's lean into it today. Let's look ahead at the evening time, 
the time when we will rest from this day's labors and let's say to each other, we can do it again. We can do our work, sure, but far more importantly, we can follow that carpenter teacher from Nazareth one more day. We can live in every meeting, every even argument, every pickup and drop off of our kids at school, all of these mundane details, we can live them in the glory of our royal reality. Because friends, life is fleeting. You will be gone before you even fully recognize it. And yet in the meantime, we can live royal lives. We can be like Glaucus on the plains before Troy, saying those glorious words that as spring comes round again, so with men. One generation comes to life, another dies away. And yet we may always be our best sons and daughters of God, the bravest. Friends, let's go live bravely in the spirit of Jesus by his Holy Spirit today. That's the call. Let's respond. Thanks for listening.